On this episode of the High Quality Fun Podcast, we talked to Kaylee, a 19-year-old who has ran a total of 31 ultra marathons to date. We talk about how she got into running at such a young age and monumental events such as her first 100 and 200 mile races. That's right, 200 miles. We also discuss an event called the Badwater 135, which is a 135-mile race that starts in Death Valley in July and has a total of 14,600 cumulative vertical ascent. I hope you enjoy this episode. I know I did. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> um, my name is Kaylee, and I'm 19 years old. And I started running when I was seven years old. I just ran a lot of 5Ks and 10Ks, and I knew I had like a natural talent for the sport. I enjoyed it. I was fast. I was young, you know. Um, and then when I was 13, my elementary school music teacher asked me to run a half marathon with with her, which is 13. 13.1 miles and I was like absolutely not you're insane like I genuinely thought only the elite people could run a half marathon but she was like no we'll just run it together we'll run slow if we need to walk we can walk we're gonna have a great time so eventually I agreed and I ran that half marathon I was like wow that was actually a lot of fun like she was right that was great and I was like if I can run a half marathon I can probably run a full marathon, which would be 26.2 miles. So when I was 14, my friend Kristen helped me find one because with the age limits, it's very hard to find races that would let me in. So we found one and I ran it and I was like, okay, that was a lot harder, you know, it was a lot more miles, but it was still fun. I was still able to finish it. And then the same girl, Kristen, she was like, you know, an ultra marathon is only five more miles. And I was like, hmm, hmm, a 50K, maybe we should try that. So I ran my first 50K when I was 14. And then I actually paced her at her first 100 mile race. And before that, I had no idea that 100 mile races even existed, even though I had run a 50K. Just who runs 100 miles? I didn't know that was a thing. But just being around all those people crewing for her and I paced her the last 50 miles and just seeing all those people pushing themselves and going after impossible things like running 100 miles because who does that? I was like, this is where I belong and this is who I want to be. And so then I just got really interested in the sport and here we are and just my passion kept growing and I just kept running more races, kept pushing the limits. So you weren't even in this event. You just you just paced her for the second half of her 100-miler. Yeah, originally I was supposed to pace her the last 30 miles, but she was really, really struggling. And I was like, nope, I'm just going to jump in now, and I'm going to take her the last 50 miles. Was that your first 50-miler? 50, 50 yeah. By the end, I'm not sure if I was pacing her or if she was pacing me because we were both in a lot of pain, but it was okay. It was okay. She got to the finish and I was like, wow, people can really run 100 miles. Like, this is crazy. 
that's nuts and then you just you just kind of got to meet people from hanging out at that event and uh that's kind of when you probably fell in line with with a lot of this and a lot of the people that are crazy enough to do it yeah just being around all those people and seeing them all pushing through pain pushing through just all the terrible lows and going through the highest of highs just seeing all that i was like this is exactly where i belong i just knew that that's what i was supposed to do yeah that that's nuts i've i've uh i was telling you before the call i'm hoping to do my first marathon this summer which will be interesting training while while having two kids but i'm adamant to do it i'm going to try to sign up in may and then you know start training off and February, March. So I'm very excited about that. I think I'll be fine with it because I've been running, I don't know, since high school, really, since middle school, actually. Um, and endurance running has always been fairly easy for me, but uh, the, the longest I've ran is actually a half. So we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. So where you were saying that your first ultra was, was an experience. So why don't you tell us how you went from that 50 miler to your first hundred? And is, is that considered an ultra? Like how does, how do, how do they tier? Right. Cause you said 50 was a ultra and uh hundred is yeah. So basically anything over a marathon is considered an ultra marathon. But okay. if you look at, if you look at most races, they pretty much start at like a 50 K there's not like a lot of 27 milers out there. It's pretty much, marathon 50k and then just everything 50k and up is considered an ultra marathon um so yeah i've done 31 ultra marathons total since i was 14. And i actually ran 20 of them in 2023 i had a big year in 2023 and i was like i'm gonna run 20 ultra marathons so i did um but probably the most pivotal point in my running career from the past four years was at my first 100 miler because I was 16 years old and you know I had seen 100 milers I had done a 50 miler and so I kind of knew what to expect but at the same time you never know what to expect the first time you run a distance like that you're just your body is going to go through shock and you're not going to know what's happening um so I was pretty under trained because I just did it know how to train properly and I didn't have a lot of time with school and sports so by like 30 miles I was like wow this is gonna suck I still have 70 more miles and then after mile 60 I was like wow this is really gonna suck I still have 40 more miles and my mom was actually pacing me and I cried like all night long I was like my feet hurt I'm never running another 100 mile race never let me sign up for another one this is terrible this sucks um, and I remember 93 miles in, I actually just like laid in the middle of the trail and started crying because I just couldn't move. My feet hurt so bad. I could not make myself take another step, but I only had seven more miles to go. I had gone 93 miles and I'm just laying in the middle of the trail. It's not like I could quit, but I couldn't move and people were running past me asking me if i was okay and i was like i'm okay just let me lay here <laughs> for a little bit but i was just thinking like how are they still running after 93 miles when i couldn't even move and so 
after lying there and feeling sorry for myself for a little while, I was eventually able to get up and walk that last seven miles. And it was like a death march. It was so slow and it was so painful, but like I got it done. And I think that's the most pivotal point in my ultra running career, just because it really showed me how strong your mind is because physically I couldn't move physically. I couldn't take another step, but mentally I was still able to get back up and go another seven miles to run my first 100 mile race at the age of 16. So I love telling that story because I feel like once you have a point like that, that's whenever you really become like an ultra runner or a distance runner. You said that your mom pays to you. So does she run a lot of long distance stuff? Is that kind of how you got into all this? Um, so actually I got into the long distance stuff first. My mom has always been into like long distance backpacking, but she was never really into racing. She actually just got into uh like actually racing ultras last year. Cause I was like, Ma, you come out and crew me at all these races, you might as well just run a few of them. So yeah, I actually got into the sport the sport first, but she's been really supportive and everything. She's crewed me at so many races and paced me at so many races. She's been the greatest. That's awesome. And are, are you training on your own or do you actually have uh, a community you train with or a, a sponsor or coach or anything? So I'm a part of the Johnstown Running Club. It's just like a local running group and we do a lot of group runs together. We just have like running buddies we like to do stuff with. So I train a lot with them, especially my like 5 a.m. runs because I hate getting up at like 4.30 and running by myself. So there's like four of us that are stupid enough to go run at five in the morning. So I like doing that with them. And I'm not sponsored or anything. Not yet. Maybe one day. <laughs> um, And I've actually never had a coach until this year. I actually just started with a coach in January because I mean, I've never had the money or really the time for a coach before, but now that I'm a little bit older, I'm at the point where I want to really hone in on my training and hopefully start performing better at races instead of just running them, maybe actually try and race a few of them. So I just started with a coach. It's going well. He's very nice. I like him. <laughs> That's that's great. Yeah, I, I I think I've only talked to one person who's ever done an ultra before this, and he told me that he was I think it was a hundred mile miler, and he was telling me that during the event he was actually hallucinating, uh, which I assume is very common for that because you're just you're exerting everything that you possibly have from your body, and I'm sure your mind plays tricks on you with all that. So this it. It sounds insanely grueling. I do not know how you do so many of these. Yeah, it's definitely, I actually haven't had a lot of experiences with hallucinations. I only really did it one race at Eastern States 100. And actually it wasn't even during the night that I was hallucinating. It was during the second day. So like we, I, we ran all day, we ran all night. It was the second day. And I just started seeing like, I would see leaves and I would be like, I can't step there. There's a bear trap there. Or like I would see a, like a tree branch on the side of the trail. And I'm like, Oh, there's a little McDonald's happy meal. Or like, I would just see people like hikers standing on the side of the trail. And then I'm like, there's nothing there. I'm just looking at trees. But that was really the only time I ever hallucinated. Um, 
but normally sleep deprivation hits like a truck for real especially when you get into like really long races that go could like aren't just like 24 hours and they're taking like 30 hours 36 hours sleep deprivation hits hard <laughs> man you kind of answered my question so how how long are you actually running when you're doing this because i i think i'm gonna pace for a what four hours for a marathon and that's 26 just over 26 miles so you're going at least or almost four times that like yeah it, eight, it, 16. it highly varies because so i can say my slowest 100 mile race was eastern states 100 it was a trail race 22,000 feet of elevation it was rough it was a hard race and that took me almost 35 hours. Like I was just under 35 hours. But then at Hainsport, like a couple months later, it was like three months later, I ran uh, an 18 hour, just over 18 hour 100 miler. So it was like double the time for the same distance, just because Hainsport was flat. It was a one mile paved loop. It was a super easy race, super controlled environment. And then Eastern States was trails. It was gnarly river crossings and it was crazy. So it just really depends on the race. That's nuts. All right. Uh, you probably know what I'm hinting at here, but what is the, you got to tell me about the hardest. I assume this is the hardest race you've ever done. Uh, the Badwater 135. Correct me if I'm wrong. Definitely one of them. I'd say, I mean, so my first 100 mile or I still think is the hardest race I've ever done just because, you know, I wasn't trained well for it. But based on actual toughness, like Badwater 135 and Eastern States were two of the hardest that I've done that I was prepared for, I'll say. Okay. So so just to start out, why don't you you give us an introduction of what the Badwater 135 is, and then we can dive into that race and everything that you did to get, get ready for it. Okay, so Badwater 135 is a 135-mile race that runs from Badwater Basin, which is the lowest point in the Western Hemisphere, and is located in Death Valley National Park, which is the hottest place in the world. So you run from there through Death Valley National Park. You climb two mountain ranges. So you go through Death Valley, you climb up Town Pass, which is like a 17 mile climb straight up. And then you run down into another valley and you're in Panamint Valley. And then you run up another mountain, because why not? So then you, climb up Father Crowley, and then you run, it's like flat, a little bit of downhill, because why not, you know, why not go back down after you just went up, and then you end at Whitney Portal, which is the trailhead to the highest point in the lower U.S., so you the basically- Continental go, 49, or yeah, 48. 48, <laughs> so you pretty much go from- the lowest point to the highest point in 135 miles in the hottest place in the world in the hottest month. Because you don't actually not? climb to the top of Mount Whitney, right? You just climb to uh, like base camp or something like that. 
Yeah, so it's like a 11 mile, it's an 11 mile hike from the portal to the actual Mount Whitney. So we had, we got 11 miles we don't have to do. We don't actually have to go the whole way to the top. <laughs> so what what is the actual elevation that you finish at? Because you start at below zero, right? Death Valley yeah. is below zero? Yeah, I think it's 282 feet below sea level. And then you end, it's at about 8 thousand like eight thousand something feet un and in total there's over fourteen thousand feet of climbing and elevation gain throughout the race oh my god that's bonkers so what what time of year did you run this and what was the like set the stage what was the temperature on race day so it's in july and it starts at night there's three waves the first wave is at 8 p.m. The second wave is at 9 p.m. And the third wave is at 10 p.m. I was in the earliest wave. I was in the 8 p.m. wave. And when we started, it was over 100 degrees, I think. My crew didn't tell me. But whenever we started running, it was obviously night. And I got a few aid stops in. I was probably about 8 or 10 miles in. And I was like, I need my ice bandana. And I'm just thinking in the back of my head, this is not good. I shouldn't be this hot because it's night. Like, if I'm this hot at night, what am I going to do during the day? So it turned out it was actually, like, 106 degrees, like, all night. So it was it was hot all night. And then when they told me that, I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense that I was hot then. And then um, throughout the day, I think it rose to, like, 116, 115 throughout the day. And then it just kind of varied. I I don't know the low temperature. I believe it was high 90s was the low temperature. So pretty much all very hot <laughs> how how long was how long was the event and how long were you in like the the death valley national park when when did you start like creeping out into normal temperatures there is no creeping out into normal temperatures <laughs> you're just in southern california it's just hot the whole time i figured it would have to had to have gotten cooler once you started uh, you know approaching that fourteen thousand feet mark yeah, I mean, it might have. I don't know. <laughs> I think at that point, I didn't care about anything other than just getting to the finish. You know, I was like, it could be like 40 degrees out or 140, and I would have been perfectly happy with my life. Oh, my gosh. How did how did you even train for this thing? Because I can't imagine that, you know, you, you can train for 100 miles, right? And now you're doing 135, so you're adding 35 on top of that. But your body is not going to be used to running in over 100 degree weather for the bulk of this thing. Uh, was there anything special you had to do to get yourself ready for this? Yeah, so the distance itself, I wasn't really worried about because uh, I mean, I had done multiple 100 mile races. I've done a 200 mile race. I knew that the distance wasn't going to be the issue. It was just the heat. Obviously, I live in Pennsylvania. If y'all are familiar with Pennsylvania. If it hits 80 degrees, it is hot out here. So I knew that was going to be difficult to train for. I did a lot of work in the sauna. You know, I would chill out in the sauna. I would read David Goggins books, just kind of hang out in there for an hour. If I had time for like two hours at a time, I would do that. And I would run in a lot of layers. I got a sauna suit that it looks like aluminum foil. I look so stupid, but I was like, I have to do it. I got to run in it. 
And I also did like CrossFit workouts, just loaded up and a whole bunch of layers. And then if people saw me running around in a winter coat in June, they probably thought I was insane, but they just didn't need to question it. You know, it's for a perfectly good reason. Oh, you're definitely a little bit insane if you're running 100, mar- 100 mile marathons. It, just so oh, a little I'll- bit. A little bit. I have to I have to see like a photo of this. I'm sure you have some, but that's just like cracking me up for it. Um is there anything worth mentioning about the actual race? Um different like points in the race or anything? Um I mean just with so with Badwater in general, if you're not familiar with how the format is set up, um Normal races, you know, you have aid stations every eight miles, six miles, 13 miles, whatever race it is, you have aid stations. But at Badwater, there's actually no aid stations. So you're required to have a crew and the crew has to stop every two miles, three miles, just on the side of the road to make sure you're okay. They're the, they're the ones that give you water. They give you ice, food. So your crew literally does everything for you. If you don't have a good crew, you're not going to have a good race. So if you're, if you're just not familiar with that kind of race format, it's something really cold to experience because if you're used to racing longer distances where you're like, Oh, I have to run eight miles before I get to see my crew or get to an aid station. It's nice to only have to run like, Oh, I'll see my crew in two miles. You know, that's kind of nice. Uh, my crew actually took notes that I just recently looked through. They wrote every single time that I stopped. They wrote how much I drank, what I drank, what I ate, how much I ate, what the temperature was, what my pace was. Uh, if I took a, like a salt tab, my crew went crazy. They took such detailed notes on absolutely everything. I'm like, wow, they did way more than I thought they did. So it's just really cool how a crew can completely change your whole race mine was great i swear i had the best crew <laughs> that's nuts I, I i did they keep up with uh what every every two miles that you just said yeah it was it averaged out to me about that it was like a mile and a half to sometimes like three miles i counted up in the notebook that they had they stopped 81 times so if you think about a normal 100 mile race you might have like 10 aid stations or something but in this 135 miles i saw my crew 81 times so like it's just really cool and because you get to see everyone else's crews so like as you're running everyone else's crews are cheering you on you don't just see your crew you literally see everyone and especially you normally set into a pace around the same people and after so many miles you just continually see the same people's crews and you continually see the same runners like i leapfrogged with a few different runners for like 90 miles so like their crew knew who i was i knew who their crew was i knew the runners around me so it's just super cool that in that far of a distance you can make really good friends just because you're all stuck out there together (laughs) I have to imagine that if you're getting stopped every two or so miles that you that kind of changes what you have to like the gear you plan to run with um like i assume if you're getting stopped every 10 miles you kind of have to 
pack a lot more stuff to i don't know take your your uh your little food snacks whatever they're called the the gel pouches um water everything you need but if if you're running and getting stopped every two miles then maybe that's not the case you can run pretty light yeah that's definitely super important with it because i just had a handheld water bottle and that's all i had like i would just have my water bottle and then when i got there i had another water bottle so i would just do a quick swap out and then you know while i'm running with this one they would get the other one ready so it was just a really quick swap out and like if I, I I didn't like stop and sit down every two miles. Like it was just a quick swap out. If I needed a right. new ice bandana, I, I would do that. But then every so many miles, like I would take five minutes and actually sit down and eat something and just make sure I can have actual energy. That's nuts. Um, I I just can't even fathom that event. If there's nothing else worth sharing about it, then maybe we can talk about this 200 mile miler. Is that the longest race that you've ever done? Yeah, that's the longest I've done. Have you done more than one or just the one? Just just one, at least so far, just one. Oh my gosh. And how how long did that take you to run? Um, so it was it was really long. I was actually with a group of friends who we all ran like, well. We didn't run the whole thing together, but we all started together. And it took me, I think, 89 hours. So it was really long. It was like four days. Um, and if I ran, when I run another one, I guess, I definitely want to do it a lot faster. Because the first time I did it, you know, we were just kind of, let's run 50 miles and then let's take a little nap. And then that's kind of how we did it. So if I did it again, I would definitely try and push harder because I feel like I could do it way faster. But basically the way we did it, it was 100 miles out and 100 miles back. You ran from Walnut Beach in, at the top of Ohio and like Erie. I think it was called Walnut Beach and Ashtabula. And then you ran to the bottom of Ohio and back. So it was definitely interesting. It was pretty flat. There wasn't a lot of variation. But we pretty much ran to this town called Warren. It was like... 54 miles in and then we we literally like got a hotel we slept for a couple hours and then we ran the rest of the 50 miles the next day which was in a town called wellsboro was the turnaround or wellsville wellsville i think and we were like we had a tent set up we were ready to take a nap and then this guy walked up to us and he was like hey what are y'all doing? I've been seeing runners coming through here like all night. We're like, oh, we're running a 200 mile race. We we're just kind of going to camp out here. We thought he was about to kick us off their property because it was like a high school football field. And he was like, I just can't let you guys sleep out here. So he actually let us in like the locker room and it smelled so bad, but it was better than being outside. So we got to sleep <laughs> in a football locker room that night. And then we just kind of retraced our steps. Then, then we went back to Warren, took a little nap, and then we went to the finish. And it was super cool. I ran 170 miles with my friend Joe. And then the last day he was like, you just have to go. I need to slow down because he had really bad shin splints. But normally 
in races that long, you split apart from people just because you hit highs and lows at different points. But I thought it was super cool that Joe and I literally stuck together for 170 miles. It was kind of crazy. And we just went through it all together and we were just going. That's wild. Are there longer races out there than 200 miles? Yeah, I there's like 500 Ks. Um, and what does that translate to in miles? 100 K is uh 100k yeah, 100K, is 60, 26. 100k would be 62 so th- okay. 500k i believe it's 314 if, if i'm thinking okay. right but then there's also like moab 240 and then there's another 300 mile race that actually is starting in 2025 they're doing the first year someone just sent it to me it's like arizona something 300 mile race like maybe one day <laughs> maybe one day oh, gosh I, I i just legit cannot fathom it um man we kind of blew through everything i wanted to talk talk about is there any is there any stories that that come to mind that are worth sharing that are particularly high quality fun or you know maybe just make you laugh or are your favorites in this crazy ultra marathon running scene Let's think. Um, if nothing comes to mind, no big deal. I mean, there's got to be something. I've run 31 races, there's 31 ultras. There's got to be one that sticks out. Well, okay, I can tell you about this one race I did that it wasn't actually Quote a race. Unquote race. Yeah, it was. Just something that my friend Joe, like I was just telling you about who I ran the first 170 miles of the 200 miler with. Um, he was like, hey, you want to run the perimeter of Philadelphia with me? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure most people know what Philadelphia is. It's just a big old mm-hmm. city in Pennsylvania. And we uh, literally just ran the perimeter of it. It was 76 miles. It wasn't a race. We just went to run 76 miles for the heck of it, because why not? And um, Michael Gagliardia, I don't actually know how to say his last name. He just goes by Gags. He actually made the route during COVID, and he just ran it by himself. And he was like, here's the route. Hopefully other people will use it. So when we ran it, he was, like, super supportive, and he was like, yes, y'all are the greatest. Thanks for running my route. And there's, like, stickers actually around the town that's like, walk around Philly that he put up. So that was really fun that we just kind of ran 76 miles because why not? It wasn't a race. There was We weren't really getting anything out of it other than the experience. But why else would you run that far? I don't need a fancy medal to tell me that I can run that far, you know? <laughs> That's a hell of a way to check out a city. I'm sure you saw a lot of areas that you've never even drove by. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We were running and he was like, so if we took a left turn here and when we go about three miles that way, we would be in like the worst possible part of Philadelphia where there's so many drugs and like shootings. And I was like, yeah, let's not take a left there. Let's let's go to the right. He was like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> but yeah, it was crazy. We We got a little lost at some point. We were like running down by where all the stadiums are. And we were like on the railroad tracks and we we're like, we're not supposed to be here. <laughs> we figured it out eventually. 
but took a little bit. That's really cool. That that'd be a fun like theme to 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 like do reoccurring. Go to any, Indianapolis. Go to uh, I don't know. New York doesn't really have a perimeter, but most cities have a ring around them where you could go and just run jaunt around it. Might as well, you know, what's stopping you? Yeah, yeah, it's the best way to check out cities, especially if you like like city running or cities in general. Yeah, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of cities. Running around it was good, no need to drive through it or anything. We don't need that. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm sure I'm sure you've had much more beautiful runs that uh, are very far from a city. Yeah, the Pennsylvania woods are great. Awesome. Well, that, like I said, that breezed by. If there's anything else you want to go through, feel free to interrupt me. But um, why don't you give any shout outs you want, you know, shill anything that you want and tell the listeners where they can find you. Shout outs. All right. Let's think. The most important people. Obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Joe, he's great. Um, Who are some other very, very monumental people in my running career? Um, well, my elementary school music teacher, like I told you all about in the beginning, who got me to run that half marathon. Uh, my friend Kristen, who got me to run my first ultra marathon. She's the one I crewed for for at her first 100. Um, Peter Y, who I met at my first 100-mile race. And he is definitely part of the reason I was able to finish that race. Um, he was like, come on, just run with me a little bit. We'll keep you going. And he definitely did. He changed my whole race. And he's been so legit for the past, since I met him when I was 16. He's been so supportive. And Keith Straw is a giant one. <laughs> I actually met him at my first marathon. And he was pacing the 330 group. So he's fast. And he actually... Yeah, I, I met him on the shuttle bus and we were just talking and he thought it was insane that I was 14 years old running my first marathon. And I thought he was insane because he was on his like 500 and something marathon, like he'd run over 500 marathons. And so we just kind of were chatting it up. And then he actually finished his 330 pacing duties and then rewrote over his pacing sign like Kaylee 14 and ran back to find me and then ran me in so I had a personal pacer this guy that I had just met that morning like literally came to pace me and since I was 14 he has been so supportive and amazing especially in my whole Badwater journey he's actually the reason I ever got involved with Badwater because he had run it eight times now he's run it nine times but he is just the greatest ever. And if y'all ever see a picture of a tall, bald man running in a pink tutu, that's Keith. He's shout out to Keith. Keith. Yeah, shout out to Keith. And my mom, of course, for crewing me and pacing me all the time and dealing with me for the past five years of being like, <laughs> I'm going to run this race. Mom, I'll be gone for a few days. I'll be back when I get back. Um, yeah, yeah, is there anything much. you wanna you wanna shill? Otherwise, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you and then we'll we'll close it up. You can find me on Facebook. My profile is just Kaylee Frederick. Send me a friend request. If you look like a runner, I'll accept it. 
or anyone else send me a little message and be like hey i saw you on this podcast or instagram um everything on my instagram is public so y'all can just follow me and i'll give you a follow back if you have any questions just hit me up my instagram is also just my handle it's frederick.kaley so if you just look up my name i'll be on there that's actually how i reached out to you and she did reply back so um <laughs> yeah, well, kaylee thank I you do. so much i oh go ahead sorry oh i was just gonna say i if you're not a creep i'll answer if you seem legit <laughs> <laughs> well thank you um yeah. well thank you so much kaylee this was fun i i think you're a little bonkers but uh but that, we'll let the listeners decide i hope yeah, you had a thank good time you. yeah it was nice to talk to you Maybe one of maybe at least one of the listeners will be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be a little bonkers too." Maybe one of them will run an ultra marathon now. I hope so. I sure hope so. All right, we'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the High Quality Fun Podcast. If you guys enjoyed this show, please give us a follow. And if you have a good story or just want to say hi, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or YouTube. Thanks for listening.